0: Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay.
1: Hello, and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. We previously did an episode with my sister-in-law, who is not a fan of horror movies, and we conducted a little experiment where we interviewed her about her thoughts on horror movies and the horror genre in general. Then we had her watch five classic horror films that we chose for her, and we did a post-watch interview. We had so much fun doing that that we decided to do it again, and this time we are going to be conducting our horrific experiment with actress- Honorary horror and composer of our Tidbits of Terror jingle, <laughs> Carrie Weeder. Uh, we interviewed Carrie on our show previously to talk about the horror podcast that she starred in called In Another Room, which is a collection of interlocking ghost stories, each one taking place in a different room of a notoriously haunted house. These ghost stories span the entire history of the mysterious home from its troubled construction in the 19 19- sorry from the 1870s to today, and recount the tragedies of the various souls that have lived and died within. Mindy and I both listened to In Another Room. We highly recommend this podcast. And if you do listen to it, make sure you use earbuds or headphones so you're fully
0: immersed in the wonderful sound design of this podcast. But we loved it. When we talked to Carrie initially, we found out that even though she's On a horror podcast, she's not a fan of horror movies, so we thought she would be a great person to do this experiment with and see what happens. Welcome back to the show, Carrie. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me.
2: I'm now officially a friend of the show, right? Like, oh yeah, for more than more than once. You know, I used to watch David Letterman growing up from like junior high on, and. He would always have his friends of the show, people he would have come back on. And now I'm officially, I think, a friend of your show. So You
0: are, for sure.
2: It's funny. People compare
1: us to David Letterman all the time. They say we're the David Letterman of podcast world. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I've never been called a composer before. Like when you said that, my heart just fluttered. <laughs>
0: just fluttered. I was like, I'm a composer now. I didn't even realize that. Carrie, before we get started with this experiment, uh, you have a new horror podcast coming out soon. So uh, before we start interrogating you about your thoughts on horror movies, can you tell us a little bit about your new podcast? The new podcast
2: coming out is called In the Gloom. Um, I think that's the final name. In the Gloom? Yeah. And um, it's supposed to come out around March. It'll also be on the same platform Um same you know producers that did in another room but a different team um it's uh march they're thinking it was originally supposed to come out i think late january but it's been pushed and um i have uh this time i play a a psychiatrist i believe i'm a psychiatrist and um I don't want to give too much away, but it, it deals with like a men- I work in a mental facility with troubled teens who have committed horrific um, crimes, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all oh. I'm going to say for now. Yeah, I'm yeah. In- I'm intrigued. I'm in. I'll listen. Thanks. And I just think it's funny because, you know, this one, I'm a doctor. And in another room, I was sort of a scientist, paranormal investigator. (laughs) And then I, I had a real small part in another one. Um that has not come out and my, I don't it kind of sounds like it might never come out and I, I was a doctor in that one as well, and um so that was all voice I'm you know these doctors, these scientists, and then when you put me on camera, I'm usually the woman in the apocalypse, so yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's very interesting that my voice apparently sounds very knowledgeable and professional, but my appearance I'm the homeless woman and the <laughs> you know mean psychiatric ward nurse, so
0: it's range is what it is. Yeah, it is
2: range. I'm very diverse. I'm <laughs> there you go. That. There you go.
1: Amazing character actress. There
2: yes. You go. Yes. And,
0: and composer.
2: Yeah. Oh well, thank you. You know, I was thinking. So you're calling this horrific? Cha- I don't. Maybe I should come up with a little jingle for that. I don't Uh-oh. know. I, you I. <laughs> we would love it. It's a thought. I shouldn't have even have said it, but because <laughs> uh, tidbits of terror was was pretty easy. That one just popped in my head this might be a little challenging but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put it on the back burner and see if anything comes to fruition all
1: right we're not going to hold you to it okay. but obviously okay. we'd appreciate it and you know <sighs> you want you want to hone in on your composer skills yeah
2: but <laughs> you i, mean, I feel like I feel like I really hit it out of the park. Not to boast, but to boast. Humble (laughs) humble brag. I feel like I hit it out of the park with tidbits of terror. Uh, yeah. metalcore vibe, you know? And then it's like, I'm kind of scared to try again to see if lightning strikes twice.
0: Um, We love it. Whenever we record an episode, um... Spencer will be like, No, I'll just put the jingle in when we act when I actually edit the episode and Sharon and I'll be like, No, we want to hear it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening
1: all right so let's um before we get into the questions let's just go over the movies that we chose for you so we mixed it up a little bit from the last horrific experiment that we did this time you are going to be watching the haunting from 1963 night of the living dead from 1968 the thing from 1982 The Exorcist, uh, the original. I did not write the year of that one down, but we all know The Exorcist. And The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which make sure you watch that one last. I cannot stress that enough. Why?
0: That's Sharon's favorite, too, I should probably mention. The first one's mine, but.
2: The first one is yours, The Haunting?
0: Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah.
2: Why should I watch The Texas Chainsaw Last? Because if you watch it first, you probably won't watch the other four. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And I'm looking up. I'm Googling right now. I'm using the Google to see Exorcist 1973 film. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yep. I would have thought right. it was later. No wonder I haven't seen it. It's. Um, I was very young when that came out. Huh. Okay. Linda Blair, right? Young Linda yeah. Blair.
0: Yeah. Yes. She's
2: so, incredible. For me, and I'm realizing this in quarantine now, I don't know if this is the case in Chicago, but in LA, like roller skating has gotten really big during kind of lockdown and COVID. A lot of people are roller skating with like the old school, not rollerblading, roller skating. Nice people I know are posting pictures on the social media, the social medias um, of them roller skating and it reminds me of Linda Blair and one of the movies I only saw it once but it still is, has a special place in my heart is Roller Boogie. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, is she in it? She's in it and it's like uh, maybe it takes place in Venice Beach, but I could be wrong. But like, she's kind of roller skating, and then she meets this guy, and he's a good roller skater, and they, com- I think they compete in like a roller skating competition and dance. Mm. There's like roller skate dancing, and yeah,
1: I've never heard of that. That kind of sounds fun.
2: Yeah, it does. It, ha- it was kind of like, oh, you know, I want to be like tan and roller skating and meet keep- a <laughs> cute Because I do roller skate. I've had I've had quad skate since like. Leather quad skates since the same pair since like 1989. I still have them and I still use them. And I'm still like, maybe one day I'll be the real life living roller boogie, Linda Blair. <laughs> so that's how I, you know, I know Linda Blair, a lot of people associate her with The Exorcist, but for me, it's roller boogie.
0: Okay, well, <gasps> you're going to see a whole different side to Linda Blair in The Exorcist, but she's pretty fantastic.
1: We so. actually met Linda Blair. Yeah. A, um, Days of the Dead Fest in Chicago a few years ago, and I was dressed up as dead Laura Palmer from Twin Peaks, and I did my own makeup, and we were talking to her, and all of a sudden she stopped and just looked at me and said, you look really dead, and then I was like, oh, thank you, and she's like, no, I mean – like you actually look like you're dead. Like that's like she's like, I'm having a hard time oh, looking wow. at you while I'm talking to you. I was like, coming from you, that is like such an amazing compliment because <sighs> you you were Reagan from The Exorcist. Like your makeup in that movie. I mean, talk about looking dead. I was like, wow, thank you so much, Linda Blair. So that's nice. That's high praise. Right? Wow.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: All right. Are we ready to uh, start the interrogation? I think so. I'm ready. All right. First question, Carrie. What is your personal definition of a
2: horror movie? Um, I was thinking about this, and I think it's something that that's meant to to scare you, to like cause suspense and all this, but also. On a whole other flip side, something that has been very suspenseful for me. I the last few nights I've been watching Bridgerton on Netflix, which is like a period romantic thing, and that is making my heartbeat and giving me so much anxiety. And it's so I don't. So then I'm struggling with what my definition. Uh, it's not meant to scare you, but <laughs> I'm struggling with what my definition of horror is. Um, I think it is. Uh, you know, oh, well, because then I think of Get Out, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I wasn't in, but I was in the music video. Did I mention that last no. time? No, I'm in the music video for Get Out, and I wish that the song had been—it's the theme song. I wish it had been a hit, and it was not, alas. But um yeah, so Get Out wasn't scary. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't have a good definition of horror. And last time I interrogated you two about what your definition, I think, of horror was, and and why you liked horror movies. So um, I should have gone back and listened to what you said, and then just said the same thing.
0: <laughs> but well, there's no right or wrong answer. So yeah. um, approximately, how many horror movies would you say you've actually seen in your life? I'm just gonna say twenty. Seven. I don't know.
2: Probably okay. <laughs> not. Probably not that many. And I and I was thinking about it. Like I've seen a lot of parts of horror movies. Yeah. But I've never s- seen the full thing on a lot of them. Like when Free HBO week. Yeah. Back when I was a kid, like invasion, invasion of the Body Snatchers was always on. The one with Donald Sutherland. Yes. And um, so I've seen bits of that. I've seen the footage. You know, kind of pictures, images of Linda Blair. Um, in The Exorcist, but I've never actually seen it. Um, but there are, I mean, I've seen Jaws, but I saw it once, and that was a million years ago. I probably saw it in the uh, mid-80s, I don't know. Um, Why didn't you watch the full movies? Were these things that, like, you turned down in the middle of the movie? Yeah. And- okay. Yeah, I think so, and then my mom probably came in and said, turn off the TV, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and there's stuff I would love to see, but I don't necessarily want to see it alone, so this is going to be a good challenge for me. <laughs> uh, to watch these movies for you. Cause I'm going to have to do it alone. Um, so maybe I'll have to try watching them in the daytime or something, but, um, <laughs> I actually yeah. told Spencer that that's probably what you would do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't want to freak myself. I already freaked myself out. I think I told you when I was working on in another room, I always ended up going over the script at night. And that's when I was house sitting in a big old house, not a big house, but an old house and like <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, I'm hearing sounds and I'm scared. So, but now I'm back in my place and there's two people right upstairs. I could just, there's a door I could kick in and get them to save me if I needed to.
0: So, yeah. The comfort of living in a condo or an apartment setting is, yeah. I think about that all the time. God Safety. forbid I have neighbors downstairs. <laughs> yeah.
2: Safety, right?
0: Just the shout away. So,
1: would you say that you actively avoid watching scary movies because you don't like them or are they just not your thing?
2: I, I don't dislike them. I like a good scary movie. Um, It's just it's just having someone around. I would like to have someone around that I can squeeze their knee or their, you know, their hand help, you know, someone <laughs> to watch it with. And I don't always have that. And I don't watch a lot of movies these days mm. Like I'm always like oh I don't have time for that and then I'll watch you know four episodes in a row of a half hour show and it's like well I obviously could have just watched a film because I just <laughs> you know spent the same amount of time watching a tv show but I'm more of a tv person these days than a movie person I love the idea of being scared I you know I I can't remember if we talked about this last time I remember seeing um the
0: movie Signs the mm.
2: M, M. Night Sham, I don't
0: know how to say it. or Shamalama Ding Dong, as I like to say. Shyamalan.
2: Yeah. When I saw signs, I remember seeing that in the theater and I screamed a few times. And, <laughs> and then, like, when I left the theater, like people were looking at me. They knew I was the screamer. And I was like, oh, I think the things that they showed were actually had to have been in the TV commercial or something. And other people had seen them because <laughs> I don't have TV. So I had never seen those parts. And, you know, But, yeah, I love being scared. I do. Uh, As long as there's other people around to help me not be as scared afterwards. Well,
1: seeing a movie in a theater is always just so much fun. Like a a horror movie in a theater. Because I love seeing everyone else's reactions. And I've screamed in theaters before. um, So don't be embarrassed. And Times definitely had a couple very jump worthy scenes yeah.
2: so when the little guy scurried across like that i was just like what the hell was it? yeah i screamed so the scene where
1: they're looking under the door and he yes. has like the knife that he's trying to look at the reflection oh, that one made me jump that, yeah. that was scary
0: Oof. Oof. Well, and i i try not to watch trailers for that very reason because i just want to go in cold so yeah. i don't yeah. want the scares I don't yeah. want to know what's coming. I want to get scared. So,
2: yeah, and it's like with comedies too. Like you don't want to see the trailer because then the sometimes the best jokes are in the trailer and then you're watching the movie and it's like, "Well, I already knew that joke was coming." So, right, exactly. exactly. I think we should ban trailers. We I should. Agree. I, yeah, totally. Our government isn't busy enough dealing with anything right <laughs> now. So, this is something they could do. Ban movie trailers. There right? you go. What, showing
0: scenes from movies. If you had to choose, what do you think the scariest movie you've ever seen was, and why?
2: <sighs> See, I don't, I don't have like a, I have s- things that that scare me. Did we talk about this last time? I can't remember if we did. I, I don't you know. know, sorry if we did. I have scenes like I really wish there was a movie that scarred me for life. I really do, <laughs> but there isn't. There are movies that have affected me like the movie copycat with Sigourney Weaver and um, Holly Hunter. Oh. Like I think of it every time I go into a public stall bathroom, you know, and you go in and there's a bunch of stalls and I'm like, hmm, someone could be in the stall next to me, ready to kill me, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I think of that, you know, I live by the beach. I'm a few blocks away when I'm down there. I think of jaws, you know, um, but there isn't uh, something that was very scary for me. It, it's still kind of, it's, Willy Wonka, when he and his grandpa drank the stuff they weren't supposed to drink and they floated up and there was a fan up there and they realized that if they burped, they would go down and not go into the fans and die. So they saved themselves by making themselves burp. And I don't know how to make myself burp. I don't either. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's that was, you know, that scene, and I love that movie, and there's a lot of magic. And Gene Wilder, I think his performance is that is one of the best acting performances of all time. He's amazing. Um, But, yeah, that was very scary to me, just that part, because I don't know how to make myself burp. And what if I drank something and floated up towards a fan that was going to kill me, and you know? So there's moments, things that have impacted me, but I don't know what the scariest movie of all time
0: is. I I really don't. Okay. yeah. I like I like that you chose a moment that's very practical. <laughs> that's yeah, <scary. gasps>
2: it's, and you think you know I've had all these years to teach myself how to burp. Have I done it? No. <laughs> so, mm. fun yeah. fact about Willy Wonka.
1: So, Grandpa Joe, yes, he is actually in a movie called Dead and Buried, where he plays like a mad embalmer. Oh. And he's like a murderer and he's complete departure from Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. So wow. dead and buried. Yeah, it's like a fun zombie
2: ish type movie. Oh, 1981. OK, the um the movie poster looks somewhat familiar, but maybe it's just that familiar font that's used in a lot of horror movies. Wow. OK, James Ferentino, Jack Albertson. That has to be Grandpa Joe, I'm guessing. Town? Is he the town coroner? Yes, that, that's that's oh. what I was
1: looking for. A town coroner, not yeah. not Palmer. In
2: oh, I'm intrigued. Grandpa Joe was a murderer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! See how versatile we are as actors. We just... Oh my gosh! It's amazing, right? So, if you um had to name the last
1: horror movie that you saw, hmm. what do you think that would be? And did you see it in the theater or at home?
2: I recently watched the new Invisible Man Oh, with um, Elizabeth, and I'm blanking on her last name, and she's such an amazing actress. Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yes. I saw that one, and I'd heard great things about it. I watched it at home. This was just like maybe two months ago. Mm -hmm. It didn't land for me. It didn't. I wanted to be more scared, and... See, and now, again, this is why I'm confused about what horror is. I mean, that was considered a horror film, right? Like a scary movie?
0: Yeah. it. I I kind of felt the same way. I thought it was a bit long. Um, but I, I thought the general concept was really scary. Like if there was somebody that was a crazy stalker that had access to that kind of technology, like the thought scared yes. me.
2: And the beginning it was very scary when she was like escaping that house. Yeah. With her boyfriend that was scary, but then I felt like it didn't live up to that. I don't know. And in the the guy who played the brother, I lo- he's in my one of my favorite TV shows, Patriot. He's the lead and he's amazing. Um but yeah, it it didn't land for me. And I also I watched I watched Jim Jarmusch's um zombie movie. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Which was supposed to be funny anyway, you know, more funny than scary, but that one didn't land for me either. And I love his movies. Uh, Not all of them. I didn't, Dead Man wasn't, but some of his I just think are masterpieces. Um, But yeah, so I've had a few disappointments lately. So I'm hoping these um, charge me up on the horror, watching these films for you, for your challenge, just gets me
0: going. Well, if you had to choose, which kind of scary movie would you rather watch? One about ghosts in the paranormal, a slasher film, a monster movie about vampires or werewolves, or maybe a psychological horror movie?
2: Um, Ghosts are scary. Well, you know, okay, here's a movie that was scary for me. And I was it 28 Days and 28 Days Later? Was that the one with... Yeah. Cillian Murphy. Yes. 28 days later and then 28 weeks later. Okay. That one stick, stuck in my brain. And we might have talked about this last time. How many times? Okay, here's the drinking game for this episode. Every time I say we might have talked about this last time, <laughs> drink, drink, mofos. Um, what was so scary about that was the fast zombies. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I mean, zombies are scary. But fast zombies, oh, my God. You know, because zombies are lumbering and you're like, well, if there's just one, like the thing can barely walk, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can get away from it. If there's, you know, you see this on The Walking Dead. If there's several of them, then it gets dangerous because they can knock you over, you know, whatever. But fast running zombies, that was terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Agreed. Terrifying. And then them scavenging. I think about them now with COVID and, you know, like when the when the supermarkets were bare and all that, you know, I think of that movie too, because I remember them going into a a grocery store and finding some things and then they like would have the drink sugar and then they would crash. They weren't used to sugar and yeah. Crash like their metabolism, their body energy would crash. So yeah, that was say again. I was going
1: to say, is the answer to your question, then, you would prefer, like, a monster movie or a zombie-type movie?
2: <sighs> yeah. Ghosts are good. <laughs> I like ghosts, too. I like creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, to be scared by those monsters.
1: I I was more under the impression that you just had more of an aversion to horror movies. So you're more – you're open to it. You just haven't exposed yourself to a lot I'm, I'm horror curious i'll say <laughs> yeah i'm open i'm open mindy write that down that's going to be our uh first t-shirt horror, horror curious, curious.
0: <laughs> awesome okay <laughs> oh, so
1: what goodness. about uh, like blood and guts and gore do you um, like movies that have gratuitous violence or gore or is that like a big turn no, turnoff
2: not so much that's not my thing Not so much. And I've done some stuff. Like I've been maimed big time, big time maimed, but it's not really out in the public domain. Um, I worked with this artist, Paul McCarthy. I've worked with him for several years and uh, they did a thing. uh, So the guy who won um, Kazuhiro, he's won the Oscar two years in a row for the last I don't think it was two years in a row. Maybe it was two out of the last three years. I'll say it that way. Um, he does prosthetics. He did Gary Oldman in the, the Winston Churchill movie. Mm. And he did um, Bombshell with uh, Nicole Kidman and Charlize Own. So he won. Mm. He, does, he does prosthetics and body life casting. Um, he did my whole body. And like um, Paul wanted it to look as realistic as possible when I was being maimed and... Um, <laughs> Yeah. And somebody told me like, I didn't go watch. I was on set when they were maiming me, but I didn't go watch. And like, I knew a lot of the crew we'd worked together off and on for, you know, at that point, a couple of years. And a lot of them were like, Carrie, that I'm glad you didn't watch that. It was really hard to watch. And um, they somebody told me they'd never seen so many canisters of blood as that they used for my prosthetic in all their years of working in the Whoa. industry. So, yeah, I have, I've, yeah, it's I'm I appreciate the work that goes into it. I you know, I've seen now and had to have like a fake neck put on to have my neck slit and you know, all that stuff. Whoa, what were yeah. you doing? it was this art project ongoing crazy opus, um for for Paul McCarthy and he's his stuff is like hyper violent and hyper sexual and it's kind of it's it's a com it's funny because people, you know, it's he does think about why he's doing it and it's, it is a commentary on the slasher and on the sexualized films, but it's taken to the extreme. And so people, you know, just think he's just trying to do it for, to jerk off kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, to me, my takeaway from it is is that like maiming somebody should be hard to watch. You know what I mean? Raping somebody should be hard to watch. And, and in a, a lot, a lot of the mainstream, even TV shows and films, it's not, it, you know, people enjoy it and are cheering and all that. So, um, so it is a whole different take on it, but he gets, you know, put down for that, but he's commenting on, you know, the stuff that people do every day for entertainment. So. Interesting. I'm going to have yeah. to check out his
1: work. I've yeah. not heard of him.
2: Oh yeah. It's whew.
1: I always thought it'd be fun to be in a horror movie and get to play a scene that's like very bloody or gory and have a lot of prosthetics on you. Was there any part of it that, I mean, besides the fact, like the subject matter that you were filming, was there any fun in the actual like, um, messiness of it, you know, kind of like making (laughs) mud pies when you're a kid,
2: just like sitting down and dirty? That's funny. I never thought of it that way. I don't know. It's, it can be technical. I remember doing something where I was slitting somebody's throat and like, she had a, like a pipe, piping kind of thing connected to it. And like, I had to kneel a certain way. And so that the piping thing didn't get kinked and the blood could flow through. And you know what I mean? It's a lot of, and it's a lot of times where you're doing this thing and it's crazy. And there's all this, you know, heavy breathing and movement and craziness. And then the blood doesn't, you know, there's air in the tube, and the blood doesn't come out, and then you have to do it again. So, uh, is it fun? I guess it could be fun. But <laughs> more like, uh, I gotta go take a shower now. You know, I don't know. It's crazy. It's a little nutty. It's different. I mean, it's it's different. It's a whole other. It's not the reason I got into acting. <laughs> um, it's interesting
0: well okay so so gore and stuff it's such a side here what are your thoughts on the paranormal outside of movies and okay everybody take a drink because we might have talked about this yeah we might have
2: (laughs) talked about this before but do you believe in ghosts and hauntings i do i do i don't really want to experience that firsthand okay um you know i think you guys i think you Would you like go into a haunted house? You know, how would you? I know you both have kind of lived in houses that were semi haunted. Like, would you actively go into a place and like spend the night on like the Queen Mary and do the haunted tour kind of thing? Or
0: not anything that was that extreme. Like, I would never. If it was, if you were able to, still, I would not stay at the Cecil Hotel, for instance. Okay. Like, screw that noise.
2: Oh yeah, my friend has worked on. There's a hospital in downtown. LA she's worked on some she's a painter and she's worked on some creepy sets and I'm like oh no thank you and then I sent you that article and you did an episode about it about the actor who did that reenactment show and they filmed it in the actual haunted house that does not appeal to me no I don't I don't need to experience it myself my grandmother would see visions
0: that was actually going to be another question I had Has anyone in your family ever so yeah tell my
2: grandmother would, um, I remember when she would, it, they lived on the East coast and we lived on the West coast. And when she, we would hear her shouting at night, she would say, <gasps> Hey, and somebody had told her years ago, cause she would wake up and see like, um, energy outline of an, of a person, kind of like an energetic imprint of somebody wa- running across. I don't know if they're running or walking across the room, but somebody years ago told her to shout at, at what she was seeing. And so she, it was not uncommon for her during the night to hear her saying, Hey, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, she would do that. And she, I remember her telling me some stories and I wish I had written them down cause I don't remember them, but something about sometimes she would wake up in bed and feel like she was floating and then open her eyes and she was in bed. Um, so she saw things. I, sometimes it, I intuit things, Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's just from deductive reasoning or if I have some kind of gift. I have a friend one time we were a bunch of us were traveling in like Poland and his sister was pregnant. And I, he says I woke up one morning and said, oh, your sister had your nephew today. <gasps> and she did, apparently.
0: Ooh, oh my I just gosh. got
2: the chills. Yeah, I forgot. It. Yeah. Um. So uh, the, that's the only story I have like that about me saying something like that. But there have been times where I'm like, eh, I have a feeling that person's going to move out of state or, you know what I mean? And then they do, but that could just be them saying, eh, I want to move, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think sometimes I do intuit things, but again, it could, I don't know that it's a magical kind of a ESP thing. I think it's more of a, just putting, well, they said this and, you know, putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Um,
0: yeah. I'm a, i am I call myself a healthy skeptic because- Yeah, I feel like there have been some weird stuff that's happened, like you were kind of saying in my Mm -hmm. life. But Uh I also like to think I always try to think what's logical first before I I don't want. I'm not one of those people that jumps to it's a ghost. (laughs) But Uh there are times when sometimes things happen and you're like, well, I can't really figure out what this is. So that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Sharon, should we move on to final thoughts? Yeah. Um, before you watch all these movies, tell us, are
1: you
2: are you nervous? Are you excited? <laughs> Both? How are you feeling about this experiment? Well, I'm excited. I'm excited, you know, just to try something new. And um, yeah, I might have to experiment on the time of day that I'm watching them. <laughs> but... Then it'll be tricky too. It might be a little depressing if I do it in the day because I'm going to have to pull the shades down because I usually watch on a laptop and there might be too much glare. So I'm just looking around my room now trying to figure out how I could watch something in the day without too much glare. It might be tricky because of where my couch is and such. But um, I'm excited to see, like I'm approaching this sort of as a, a socio- sociologist. Is that a word? Um, yeah. Just to like see the different, you know, gender stereotypes and, you know, uh, just see the different norms that are going on in these films and try to find some kind of thread between them. Maybe I like to, you know, find connections. So I'm going to have a notebook close by and be jotting down notes. And um, I like to do research. So I think I think it's I'm excited. I'm very excited. Cool. Yeah. yeah,
1: I like looking up the trivia after I watch a movie just, just to kind of see, you know, like what was going through the director's mind or if any like crazy stuff happened. Um, I'm sure if you start doing research about The Exorcist, you will fall down a rabbit hole because mm-hmm. – We just talked about this on um, a trivia episode that we recorded a couple weeks ago where there was, like, nine people who died during production of The Exorcist. Like, it's supposed to be this cursed film, so. On the crew? Like, crew? Yeah, cast, crew, a lot of injuries. Uh, Linda Blair was hurt. I think she fractured a few vertebrae. Uh, No.
0: That Well, she was hurt, but the I it's escaping me, but the actress who plays her mother was the one who had the fractured vertebrae. She, well, I don't mm. want to say too much, so no spoilers. Linda Blair
1: did too, because I just watched cursed films about the exorcist. Both of them had injuries. Ellen Yeah, Burstin, she did get... Thank
0: you, Ellen Burston. Oh,
2: Ellen Burston's great.
1: She's the I mother, yeah. Linda Blair, when the scene where she was kind of uh, like... Uh, 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 uh. There was one scene where something that was supposed to... Uh, keep her like strapped in malfunctioned so she yeah she was this
0: i know her
2: head. head spins around yes
0: she had a neck injury from that no i'm kidding I'm, uh,
2: i know that she also um projectile vomits so yeah. those are like the only two things i know about the exorcist don't okay.
1: eat pea soup while you're watching the exorcist
2: oh no pea soup i'll write that down no pea soup. <laughs> okay Wow. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you bring up the thing about injuries cause it's just really freaking common. I just was listening. I've been watching better things on Hulu. I have Hulu cause they have $2 a month for a year. Um, I'm cheap. And, um, <laughs> so I finally just signed up for it and I've been watching better things with Pamela Ad- Adlin show. And she, I just listened to an interview with her and she started acting when she was nine and she was just talking about how, um, she was with a friend who was also a child actor and they were one day just like comparing all their scars from think times they were injured on set. And I was like, Oh God, like, it's really a thing. Like, yeah, I have a friend who's like had teeth knocked out and ugh. Oh my God. Do you have any noteworthy injuries that you want to mention, Carrie? I do not. Thankfully I do not. <laughs> Knock on wood. Um, yeah. I I'm double knocking on wood. Yeah. All right. Well, so- we
1: hope you stay safe while you're doing this experiment, um, yeah. send your medical bills if there's
2: any injuries that occur. Okay. Oh, good. We got that recorded that you're taking care yes. of medical bills from. <laughs> okay. And what do you recommend? Like, can watching a movie conjure bad spirits? I don't think so. I, I mean- don't think
0: so either, honestly. And to be fair, I watched The Exorcist fairly recently. And I, I one thing to remember is these are just movies so try to have fun with it, but but I do feel like it's still a, a good movie, well, a creepy movie, but I do also feel it's a tad dated. Oh, and that's okay. all I'm going to say. So I feel okay. like some people who see it now, who have never seen it back in the day, might not have the same reaction. Got it, got it. But I okay. don't think you'll get injured watching it, nor do I think you're going to conjure anything watching yeah. it.
2: All right. Is there, but if I were to convince myself that I had conjured something, (laughs) is there anything, what do I do? Like sage is for bad, is sage for bad spirits? What do I? Just say you are
1: not welcome here. Please leave. This is my space.
2: Oh, that's right. We learned that. I learned that from that article I sent you. Yeah. They, They told that actor on set to what to say. Yes. And he said it when he was driving away after that spooky experience. He was supposed to say, you're not welcome here. Okay. so pl- And you ask it to please leave your space. Yeah. So it's like the, the opposite of inviting a, a, who can't come in? Is it vampires? You have to invite them in. Right. So you, you have to kind of uninvite uninvo- them in.
0: But I, I think you'll be fine. I own The Exorcist on DVD and nothing's happened to me. Okay. So I think it's fine. Okay. All right. You're
2: welcome to call us in the middle of the night if you can't sleep. right i'll blame you i'll say darn you whores (laughs) (laughs) oh mindy did sharon tell you what happened um so i was talking to a friend the other day and we just we decided we haven't seen each other in months and months and months even longer she moved away and she's back in town and um we're trying to pick a day to to get together and on today's date i on my calendar, it said, where's W-H-E-R-E apostrophe S. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what the hell this is. We could probably meet on Sunday because I can't remember. So whatever. And then, but we decided we picked a different day. And then when Sharon emailed me to remind me about this, I was like, oh, thank God. I typed in whores and autocorrect changed it to where's. Because I was was literally like, I don't, is this a free seminar? I said, where's Waldo? Am I doing some kind of online where's Waldo? You know, I just could not figure out what it was. And then when she emailed me, I was like, oh, I get it now. Okay. Oh my God, that's funny. Thankfully, I didn't miss our appointment today to talk because I thought.
1: Apparently, you have to type the word whores more so that your phone
2: knows. It's used to it, right? I thought I did it. I thought I was typing whore all the time, but apparently not. So
0: That is too funny. And now
2: that I'm an honorary whore, you know, it's like I should be typing that word like every single day.
0: But all right. Challenge accepted. Awesome. And we'll be checking in with you, right? Right, Sharon? Yes. All right. Well, it's been exactly
1: three weeks since we last talked with Carrie. Thank you, Spencer, for your editing skills. We are on to the second part of our discussion with Carrie. So Carrie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. My goodness. I'm a, I'm a different person thanks to you. <laughs> Mindy and I are both dying to know your thoughts on the five movies that we had you watch. Um, we're hoping that you still like us. Uh, we hope <laughs> we didn't make it to your shit
2: list, uh, especially after watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> right. That's the one where I was like, eh, maybe I should cut off my friendship with these two hordes. <laughs> <That's-
0: laughs> That's Sharon's favorite. I'm just throwing that out there. That's oh, Lord.
2: We'll get there.
0: We'll get We'll there. get to that in a bit. <laughs> I
2: do have a possible title for this episode for you. Just okay. So you know. Because <laughs> we- I want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving me this challenge because I learned a lot about myself. Really? And, oh, yeah. And And the main question I found myself asking, especially after watching the fourth film, which was The Exorcist, was... Do I have a heart of stone? So, <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to dig into this. I know, right? And and so that could be a possible episode title. Does Carrie Weeder have a heart of stone? <laughs> um, and, and before we go on, I also want to say we kind of made it into a drinking game last time where, see, when I mentioned the last time I was on your show, we're, people are supposed to drink. Cause I kept doing that. And also maybe if we say spoiler alert, people should drink. Um, <laughs> just a thought, just to have this be a full fledged drinking game work. I'm just going to say a
1: uh, spoiler alert now for the whole show, because these movies have been out. Let's see. We're starting with a movie from 1963 and Great. then, uh, we're going to the most recent movie, 1982. So if you haven't seen these yet, it's too bad. So, yeah. so spoiler yeah. alert
0: for the whole show means you have to chug your drink right now. Just
2: chug yeah, it. Just chug that drink. Episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there. Okay. I chugged mine. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so, before we go through each of the movies, tell Carrie, tell us how you ended up watching the movies. Did you watch them all in the daytime, or did you muster up the courage to watch any of them? To quote the haunting in the night in the dark.
2: I watched them all in the night (gasps) on my laptop and I think watching it on my laptop may have affected things and may have that led me to questioning my humanity because it was on a 14 inch screen. I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out not only to you for this challenge but to the LA County Library System because I think they had every movie Um, but however when I was watching my first movie my, my disc player broke. And so then I had to end up downloading stuff and all that, you know, watching on different platforms and paying and stuff. But the LA County library system is amazing. And if you live in LA County, there are two, there are two systems. There's the LA, I think, public library system and the LA County library system. The LA County library system is the bomb. I just want to say that. And you can't go in there right now because of pandemic, but you can order online and then call them when it's ready and tell them you're going to come pick it up and come pick it up. So my brother would
1: love that because he he actually has a degree. He has a master's degree in library science and Mm. he is a huge fan of libraries and the library system. And libraries are actually open in Illinois right now. Oh, so are. he goes to the library so often that when he walks in, I'm not even joking. Everyone's like, hey, Jim. Hey, Jim.
0: Wow. What's up? And speaking of Jim's, shout out to our listener, Jim, who is also a librarian and getting <gasps> his degree. Yes. So wow. we are fans of the library. And so that's yeah. a nice shout out. We like that. Yeah. So go support your local library. Library.
2: Yes, for your library, library, <laughs> yes, for your library, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so our f- first movie we're diving into is the haunting.
0: Yeah, let's get into it right away. Um, 1963. What are what are your overall thoughts and impressions? Let's start there.
2: Overall, okay, I liked it. I really liked it. Um, I think I watched this kind of second in in the lineup, and and. Uh, I, it's your favorite movie, right, Mindy? It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, the the casting with, you know, Claire Bloom and Julie Harrison, yeah. you know, really. And Russ Tamblin. So, I, you know, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like going, do
0: Right. When you're a
2: dead, you're a you know, West Side
0: <laughs> Story, man. <laughs> so this was actually his first movie that he worked on with Robert Wise prior to West Side Story.
2: Did Robert Wise direct West Side Stories? Yes. I did not know that. Wow. Yes. Well, he's perfect as that sarcastic smartass. He's perfect. And then years later went on to be in your show that you love so much, Twin Peaks, as a creepy guy. But um, yeah, I was just like, he, and they were, I thought it was perfectly, perfectly cast with the charming guy. I had to write his name down. Richard Johnson. Yes. So charming. And I just was reading, he was originally considered to play James Bond and, either he allegedly turned the role down because he didn't want to do a series of films or whatever, but um, he was great. I want to talk about the creepiness factor with him. Was he a lech? Let's talk about that. Ooh. Um, yeah, Julie Harris, perfect as like, she's always great as like the naive girl, but then she got a little sassy with the guy when she wanted to come in the gate, and I love that. Um, she Claire Bloom is like that snooty, oh my god, perfect, perfect, perfect.
0: So are you familiar with, because this movie is built, is based off of the novel, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Are you familiar with Shirley Jackson's work at all? I've heard her name. The Lottery is the short story that everybody knows by her. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. That's the only one I know. I haven't read any of her longer novels, but I have heard her name countless times and she should be on my list of people to read.
0: She's so. fantastic. I will say that while they adapted some stuff um, from the novel to the screen, because obviously can't make a perfect adaptation for any book to to screen, really. But like no. they really, really preserved her voice and her tone uh. and vision in this movie, um, which is part of why I like it. Did you catch anything interesting about Claire Bloom's character, uh, Theo, other than the fact that she was kind of a badass? And I love I'm a huge fan of her as an actress. Huh?
2: Um, not a know. trick question. Mm, interesting. I mean, I just thought she was so well cast, and and then I was going through my head like she was married to a famous author. Who was it? Philip Roth, I think. Blah blah blah. And there was a biography where stuff was revealed, but I didn't read it. But
0: no, I don't know. Hel- well, help me out. Fun fact: in the novel, it's a little, it's it, it's a little bit more explicit. Um, but she, her character is actually a lesbian, which is not okay. Yeah, I thought you were going
2: there. Yeah, I thought you were going there. I was like,
0: oh, okay. And it was a big deal, like, at, oh. in 1963, you know.
2: Wow. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, and she seemed sort of impervious to the Doctor's charm, so now that makes sense. Okay.
0: So, you talked about Creepy. Um, I do feel like this is one of the most influential horror movies that no one knows about, because it doesn't have, like, the name recognition of Psycho or Halloween, but it's mm-hmm. also... Hailed as an inspiration, um, Wise used for the time, really inventive camera angles, use of shadow, sounds, angles, that kind of thing. So what stood out to you, be it a scene, an image, like what stood out to you as memorable based on a technical thing like sight, sound, or just, I like this. I like this scene.
2: (laughs) The pounding on the door. (gasps) When you first hear that, that, you know, their first creepy moment I think kind of is when they're in bed and then they hear the pounding and that was scary. I was like, this is scary. Like my heart is pounding. Um, you know, and it was just a sound thing. And I was like, whoever designed that sound, that was an amazing technique. Um, something else that hit me the very beginning, (laughs) um, I didn't realize that in another room, the podcast that I'm in is the beginning is taken exactly from this. (laughs) uh, I mean, I wrote down, wait a minute. This starts (laughs) like in another room where, you know, and it has the whole question is a house born bad. And it has the carriage coming and the wife and daughter in it. You know, I was like, this is the same. I had no idea. I had no idea that they took it from that. So that to me, was like, "Uh," you know, that's awesome. Now I can cite a source. I didn't. I didn't know that. That's what it's from. Um, yeah. The just the set decorations. Oh my god, how ornate everything was. Like I felt like I was in that house. Um, creepy, creepy, creepy. Good. I mean, um, there was one line I wrote down, and I d- fooled around on the veranda with a farmer. They said that about her. <laughs> I just thought that was
0: hilarious. Like that was her downfall. The, yeah, the companion. Up. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, and it's dated. I mean, it's it's old, but it works. You know, yeah. it, it landed uh, all star cast, as I've mentioned the doctor. I want to talk about the doctor. Yeah, I think he was a creeper. I really do. I mean, you know, as soon as I heard, you know, she was going to this house with this doctor and spending the night there. I was like, I don't know about this. And then he was so handsome and charming. I'm like, oh, he's not a creeper. And, you know, and then I was like, no, I think he is. And it's one of those things where he could get away with it because he was so charming and he wasn't so avert about it. But I think he totally would have crept into Julie Harris's room at some point um,
0: if his wife hadn't shown up. Spoiler alert. Drink, drink, drink. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> ooh, I've never heard that interpretation or thought about that before but like when
2: they're having breakfast and he's like oh your hair looks pretty and he said it as a compliment but i was like a married man sleeping in a house with two women you know should not be saying that i don't know
0: which that old lady mrs sanderson uh russ Tamlin's aunt in the movie she at the very beginning says that to him like oh you're gonna be in this house with these people you know Yes. Interesting. See, I Um, always read that as him just being nice and friendly. And there's a moment where she does, Eleanor does say something to him, and he takes like a a sterner voice with her, like Eleanor. And then something supernatural happens, and it grabs his attention. uh So I always thought like he was trying to be nice, but then he started to realize that that's not how she saw it. But didn't have the chance to cut that off. But I could be wrong.
2: Suspicious. I'm a little more suspicious.
0: Interesting, Mm
2: -hmm. like you know, I don't know, that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm warped, but so yeah. So, my overall impression is I wrote this down at the end, I dug it, I dug it, I was there, I dug it. Yeah,
0: well, I wanted to let you know, um, before we move on to the next movie, a little fun fact since you had sent us that article, Carrie, about that reenactment actor who had to act in an actual haunted location, uh, you might be interested to know that um, the exterior and some of the interior shots of Hill House were actually filmed at a real mansion in England called Eddington Park. Um, it's now a resort but the mansion at the time was privately owned and it apparently does have its own history of hauntings and in the dvd release that i have that came out like around the year 2000-ish i feel like russ tamblin actually in the um, commentary does tell a story about a possible paranormal experience he had (gasps) While he was on location, but he was not in the scene they were filming. So he was kind of chilling on his own. Sure. Yeah. And uh, had something strange happened and (gasps) he he doesn't know how to explain it or whatever. He just knows it creeped him out and he never bothered going off by himself again.
2: (laughs) Wow. I got the chills. Whoa. I can see that. I didn't realize that was England. But yeah, I remember I, thinking, like, where could this house be? But wow, OK. Hmm.
0: And then they did. I mean, like a lot of the interior stuff, obviously, with like the house falling down and the door and all that stuff. That was all done on a set then. Sure. Back, you know, but Pinewood
2: Studios or something. One of those old places back in the day. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. If you Google it or I can send you a link, like it's really trippy to see the house in person because you can see online you know, like the actual mansion, like I said, it's, it's now a resort. Sharon and I Uh would love to stay there someday when we can do that kind of thing. Would you be interested in staying in an old haunted mansion that was Hill House?
2: No, No, that's my (laughs) short answer. And my long answer. No, thank you. No, thank you. There. I have good manners.
0: (laughs) Couldn't hurt to ask.
2: (laughs) No. Not Yay. even for
1: a free trip to England? Come on. Okay. We'll
2: I, <laughs> I want a free trip to England, but I don't think I would spend the night there. I don't know. All right. All right. Fair enough.
1: Fair enough. All right. So let's move on to our next movie, Night of the Living Dead from 1968. So, in preparation for talking to you today about this movie, I actually just rewatched this last night. I hadn't seen it since probably high school. I had a very different experience watching this movie Ooh. in 2021 Ooh. than I did uh back in high school Ooh. um especially some scenes at the end of the movie that were a little triggering and I'm kind of yes. curious if you had um similar impressions so let's just um start with overall thoughts on the film and then we'll we'll get into it a little bit deeper
2: so this one's directed by George Romero correct mm-hmm. and And I've heard about him and I've had people say like, oh, you have to see this and blah, blah, blah. And someone one time, I can't remember when, I feel like it wasn't that long ago, maybe within the last five years, someone was like, oh, this, you got to watch this scene of this movie or whatever. And it was Romero. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, it looks so dated and I don't get it. And so that was running through my head as I started to watch this. I'm like, what's the deal with Romero? Why do people, you know, like him? And, and my first thing I wrote down was, oh boy, this isn't even in widescreen because it wasn't in widescreen. it was, you know, I was like, oh, God. And then after I wrote that down, I didn't notice it for one second, the whole rest of the film at the end, I was like, oh, I didn't even, it didn't bother me. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be so dated, whatever. Uh, and I wrote down dated. Um, and, and I wrote down, I was surprised to see a black protagonist and his race wasn't even mentioned at all. Ha ha. <laughs> um, with that yeah um and uh it, it, it was hard because i watched this probably a few days after the the Capitol was taken over our united states Capitol mm-hmm. was overrun so it was triggering in that way to see these <laughs> dullard dolded is that a word dolded um zombies breaking into this house you know um so that it was that way it was really troubling to watch because it had just happened to our nation's capital you know had the whole proud boys kkk thing going on which mm-hmm. comes up later in the film spoiler alert drink um <laughs> and because it was Romero and I know how how revered he was I kept searching for the metaphor you know I was like what's the metaphor what's going on here I don't you know and and even the tension between the men, it didn't seem to be it seemed to be a power struggle rather than a race struggle. But then thinking about it afterwards, I'm like, well, there is a metaphor there. The one guy wanted okay spoiler alert, wanted to stay in the basement and, you know, and keep things the way he had them. Whereas our protagonist wanted, you know, to protect the house and, and, and take a different approach. So, you know, staying in the basement is like keeping things the way they are um, the traditional way, which is the racist way, you know? And, and, you know, and I, the whole time I'm like, what's the metaphor, what's the metaphor, the entire movie. And then at the end, hmm. I was like, Oh shit, you got to watch this whole thing to get it. You got to watch the entire, entire thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those flashes with the, the sheriff and the dogs and searching for the zombies that I started to be like, Oh wait, this is like, Oh, it's unsettling to me. It's unsettling to me. And then what happens with the the ending and the, the main character, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the biggest spoiler alert of all. He was a goner no matter what. If he had walked out into a field with his hands up in the air, you know, and said, don't shoot, you know, it's mimicking the whole Black Lives Matter movement right now. I can't breathe, that kind of thing. Even if he had walked out and said, I'm human, I'm not a zombie, they would have shot him anyway because he was a black man. He was dead no matter what. And even though he would made his way up to the attic, he was killed. So that you don't realize that until the last few minutes that, oh, he's a goner no matter what. And that's just because he was black. So it was my what I wrote down is it's a gut punch. It was just an absolute gut punch at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So chilling, so timely. You don't realize it until the last few minutes of the film. But wow, it took the it took the breath out of me.
1: Yeah. And people have always described this movie as being a commentary on race relations in our country back in the 1960s. And, you know, I always thought that that was Romero's intent. Um, But Romero has said that he actually didn't intend to make a film about race, insisting that. Dwayne Jones, who's the actor who plays Ben, the main protagonist, simply gave the best audition, so he was the one that was hired for that role. Oh, interesting! But clearly, the film inadvertently deals with race. You know, what whether or not Romero intended that, that's it. It just came out that way um, because you know Ben <laughs> is a black man who's trapped in a house surrounded by zombies uh, with a bunch of white people who can't seem to really like <laughs> fend off the zombies themselves. he's the one who's doing like most of the work the entire yeah. time
2: yeah um
1: and yeah, at the end he gets shot by a white sheriff, which you know you would you would think fifty two years later. <laughs> It, it wouldn't have been such it's I think it's almost even more of a gut punch now because 52 <laughs> yeah. years later, it should not still be that way. Mm-hmm, and yeah. I think it's almost more that way, especially after 2020 and what just happened at the Capitol. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And you're right. Yeah. Like all those like freeze frames at the end. Uh, they're like dragging his body out and they're burning the bodies. I was just like felt sick to my stomach. And yeah. You know, and I knew when I watched it in high school, like the, the racial undertones of it, but watching it now was definitely way more disturbing than it was for me back then. And it's it was a hard watch. I and you, it, yeah, it's those like last few minutes that you're like, holy shit, we have not evolved as humans.
2: Nope, no, no. Yeah, we haven't. I read something. I kind of Googled it afterwards, like metaphors for this film or something. And like someone said that like the scenes with the sheriff and the dogs and all that were specifically mimicked things of like the KKK and lynchings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I felt that I, I didn't quite gel in my mind that that's what that was but I felt I was like oh this is evil looking I know they're supposed to be the good guys and they're getting rid of the zombies but this is like you know like taking the breath away my breath away um and I have to go back and say that to say that he was the one who gave the best audition that means that he had open casting for every race for every character Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and the only one he cast was a I'm not buying it that he didn't intend it to be a racial statement
0: thank you I was actually gonna say the same thing Carrie because I hadn't heard that prior to this episode and like all there's so much I like as we've been saying like there's so much symbolism in this movie I just I don't buy it either that it wasn't necessarily a commentary Mm -hmm. I really don't
2: yeah I don't know his other films but I'm assuming that they had messages as well like that and undertones like that as well. So if there was a white character there, I feel like there wouldn't have really been a point to make the movie, mm-hmm. except to say that good doesn't always triumph over evil. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: Um, um A little bit of a, a lighter note before we move on. Um, I just thought this little bit of trivia was, Kind of great. So George Romero originally wanted to cast Betty Aberlin of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood um, (gasps) (laughs) as Barbara. And Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, like put his foot down (sighs) and would not allow her to do the film. Um, But I, I just think that's kind of hilarious. But also, I would pay so much money to do this horrific experiment with Mister Rogers, oh.
2: <laughs>
1: and I would, I would love. I mean, could you imagine watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Mister Rogers? No, no, I don't think you'd do it. I don't. Think I. He'd do oh my it. god, I would do it. I mean, that. Yeah, that would probably be a really horrible thing to do to Mister Rogers, oh, but I would just love, love to see that. his expression.
2: Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. What, what were the dark sides of Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I don't know if don't, he had any. Oh, <laughs> uh, I loved him. I love that movie too, by the way, that just came out a few years I, ago. I was just going to
0: say, maybe you can do it with Tom Hanks dressed as Mr. Rogers. There you go.
2: There you go. Um. So yeah, watch the Mr. Rogers movie. It's good, but I can't, you're talking about uh, not Lady Elaine. What was her name on Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I, You know, she played she played a few different
1: roles on Mr. Rogers. She um, I can't remember if it was Lady Elaine. I don't think it was Lady Elaine, but it was um, she played herself. Mm -hmm. I think she sang like some songs and then she played another character because I looked her up briefly
0: um yeah oh. she was like that main woman that you would see oh, it w- is interacted lady. with the, no that's it, not lady elaine she, it's not. lady elaine was the the puppet the puppet um,
1: okay but she does but she was the,
0: the one she was the human with the puppet yes okay, she does the voice the for
1: like the pu- yes 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 wow. oh, she was originally going to be barbara apparently or, wow.
0: or mara wanted her
2: to wow that's a whole movie right there wow <laughs>
0: Okay, well, now I think we're going to get a little freezing here and move on to The Thing from 1982. What are your overall thoughts and impressions, Carrie? Hmm. Well,
2: <laughs> this is one I needed to see on a bigger screen, I think. Mm. Um, and this one, um, I love Kurt Russell. Let's say that. Grew up watching Kurt Russell. I adore him. Um, I didn't know what this one was. I thought this was a blob movie. So I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was going to be a movie from the sixties. That was like the blob or like a swamp kind of creature. But, and I was like, Oh, Kurt Russell. Great, great, great. Um, And, and, and this is the one it's the first one. I think I started to try to watch, but then my DVD player crapped out. And so it it froze. Yeah. So um, I watched this one in two sittings, um, maybe a few days apart. But, and so many people, when I told them I was watching this movie, said, that's my favorite movie. I love that movie. That movie's amazing. That movie's scary. And I watched it and I'm like, "Mm, I don't get it. Like, I I, I feel nothing almost. I almost feel Mm. nothing. Oh, it got off to a good start when I put the DVD in and, and the menu music was creeping me out. I was like, Oh, I got to turn this on right now. I can't you know, like, sometimes you put in a DVD and you let it play because it takes a minute to boot up. And the, the sounds on the men, just when the menu popped up for the movie were so creepy, I was like, Oh God, you know? And I was already freaked out. Cause like I said, this was the first one I started to watch and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So yeah, that I was like, Oh, yeah, we're off to a good start. The menu sounds are really creepy. Um, and then my my I didn't know what this movie was about. I wrote, wait, sci-fi? I did you know, I was surprised. Kurt Russell, I, I began to think of him during this film as KR. <laughs> <laughs> so KR, I wrote that he's very hirsute. He's very hairy, you know, he's got that big 70s. Yeah, well, this was in the eighties, I actually he, thought
0: we rewatched this a few days ago and I thought that I was like, man, how did he keep his hair so nice <laughs> with these people? Uh, down in Antarctica.
2: his There was probably Frozen and his beard. It was probably... Did Where did they film this? Do we know? <laughs> uh, L.A., I think. Shut up, really? Uh,
0: a lot Whoa. was in Alaska. Oh,
1: a lot. And ex- British ex-
0: British Columbia, those, I think. Canada. But a lot
1: of the... Um, well, all the interior scenes, I think were all filmed in L.A. Well, yeah, those
2: would have been and on a the set. And
1: um, then I know that the sound... I was reading through some of the trivia on this, the sound that they used for the wind noises. Uh-huh. They actually just like went out to the deserts in California
2: and recorded that.
0: Wow. Uh, well, the Antarctic is a desert. so.
2: Interesting. Oh, is it? I never thought of that. Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. And then I also had the thought about KR that um, I think, <laughs> I think people that know him, because somebody recently put this on Twitter, they said something like, I think even Michael J. Fox's wife calls him Michael J. Fox." And during this movie, during this movie, I had the thought: I think that people who know Kurt Russell call him Kurt Russell. You don't just call him Kurt; you call him Kurt Russell. Well, now I call him KR. I feel like we're we're in we're in. I have a special lease to be able to call him KR. So, uh, okay, all star cast. Wow, every seventies, eighties, nineties actor that I've seen in a drama was in this movie. I think, and some surprises, really, casting-wise. Very filmic movie. You know, it was very well shot, the exterior stuff. Um, I wrote down, it's definitely a thing, in quotes.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Very nice.
2: Um, Wilford Brimley, no mustache. (laughs) (laughs) Unrecognizable (laughs) without the mustache. Unrecognizable except for the voice. I thought he was born with a mustache. I've never seen him with that one (laughs) I know. Same. <laughs> right. And, and, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Wilford Brimley. Okay. We'll come back to whatever I was going to say. Uh, Richard Dysart, whom I knew from, uh, uh LA law, you know, back in the eighties, that was a big show, even though I was young, you know, like LA law was like this huge show. And he was on that playing Leland, you know, he always wore a suit and a tie and he spoke very properly in this movie. He's the doctor. He had a nose ring, even (laughs) on my tiny screen. I kept like rewinding going, is he wearing a nose ring? Like what? (laughs) what?" And it was a hoop. And I was just like, and this sent me down a little bit of a, a wormhole. Not much, but started to do research. So then I had to like type in, I first I typed in, was he wearing a nose ring? And, you know, a bunch of like Reddit threads popped up and people said, yes, indeed, he was wearing a nose ring. And then I found out that, that like, I didn't know this like white Americans in like the sixties wore nose rings. And I was like, I had no idea. I thought that trend started for white people wearing nose rings, like in the eighties, nineties kind of a thing. But um, I think a lot of people during the hippie days went to India and the people had nose rings and then they came back and, and then this nose ring trend went on in the sixties, but I don't ever remember seeing any, any white people wearing nose rings from the 60s and the hippy-dippy days. So that, just to learn that history was interesting, and it kind of told us something about his character, you know, that he'd probably been a hippie. So fascinating. Um, my, I had a recurring thought throughout the film. I wrote down, main thought, is K.R. wearing guyliner? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that, too. I was like, his yeah. eyes
1: are so pretty.
2: Yeah. I think he was wearing guyliner in some scenes. Um, <laughs> But this movie made me realize that how many dramas I watched as a kid, because these were all mostly dramatic actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's the guy from Logan run. And that's it. And I was like, damn, like, you know, my dad, I must've sat with my dad and watched like on the VHS tapes, dramas and TV shows and movies, because these, you know, again, and again, and again, I saw these different actors that I recognize And I was like, I must have watched a lot of drama as a kid. And I wasn't even aware of that. So that was interesting. But overall, my impression of this film is it didn't land. It didn't land for me. I was never scared.
0: Hmm.
2: Um, The effects, those, you know, like when he's doing the autopsy, amazing. And, you know, having been on film sets and where people are doing special effects and having to build things and, you know amazing when he you know the actual things that they built and how they had to move and react and that must have taken so much work and they did a really good job on that and seeing that on the big screen probably was very impactful Mm. but I I don't think I was scared once through this movie
1: so don't don't feel bad I mean you're a lot of people you're right totally love this movie Um, John Carpenter himself he, he, you know, wrote and directed it, and he made the original Halloween, but he stated that, like, out of all of his films, The Thing is his personal favorite as well, but the film was, like, a total flop in the theaters. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was, like, a box office failure. Critics hated it. Audiences hated it. Um, and Carpenter was, like, completely surprised by all that, and then... To further rub salt in Carpenter's wounds, <laughs> because um, Christopher Nyby, who is the director of the original film, The Thing from Another World from 1951, Whoa. publicly denounced Carpenter's version, saying, quote, if you want blood, go to the slaughterhouse. All in all, it's a terrific commercial for J&B scotch.
0: <laughs> End wow. quote.
2: It was. I noticed the J&B. I was like, oh, there it is again. There it is again. Yeah.
0: That, that is, is brutal. I have to say, and Carrie, is someone else who sat next to her dad watching science fiction movies growing up, like, I've seen the 1951 version, and uh-huh. I would argue that both films have their own merits. I, that's a harsh, harsh, brutal statement coming from yeah. the d- other director. Damn.
2: Well, you could see there's probably, like, jealousy and, oh, I did it first and you didn't do it as good. And Yeah. But, I mean, there were things to appreciate in this movie. But it didn't, yeah, I could see why it was a flop. For me, it didn't land. It, I, it was nice to, I loved looking at young KR, Kurt Russell. He just, I was like, God, even when they showed him from behind, I'm like, he looks good in his pants until he's like, but you know, he's and you know, he's like Tom Selleck, where the men love him, the women love him. You know what I mean? He's just one of those people. He's so fun to watch on screen. But this film did not land for me. I wanted to talk a
1: little bit about some of the social commentary in this movie because this never crossed my mind at all watching this because I watched it way after it came out. Um, But in the 80s, this movie was actually seen as an allegory for the AIDS epidemic. And Mm. so like part of the fear that was instilled into the thing came from the fact that, you know, the AIDS epidemic was growing during the time of filming and there was this idea that you couldn't tell who was infected just by looking at them you know with AIDS or in the movie the thing the mm. only thing that they were able to do were the blood tests that would reveal who has the thing or who you know who has AIDS so mm. it, and mm. I guess that wasn't lost on John Carpenter. I'm not sure if he wrote it with that intent, but at least when it came out and people were making that comparison, he at least recognized it. Um, so I don't know if
2: like you made that connection at all when you were watching it, but- I didn't. And one of my friends had told me sh- that she, there was some you know allegory in it. And so I was thinking, I'm like, what's the story here? I don't know what it is. So now that you say that, I'm like, oh, wow, okay. But I still it still didn't land for me. But that's impressive that if that was attempted, I did like the 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 spoiler alert, the ending where you don't know what happens, who's going to, you know, the final mm-hmm. two guys who's going to live, who's going to die. Um, I like that. I like not knowing things. I don't like, you know, I don't like when everything is spelled out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like the ending of that. But to say that, oh, that's interesting about the AIDS thing. OK.
1: And now. We can relate it in our times to kind of, you know, the coronavirus, yes. and what's going yes. on with COVID, the whole like you can't always tell just by looking at someone who has it and who doesn't because there's so many people who are asymptomatic carriers that it, it has this whole new meaning for a new generation, which is interesting because just depending I mean, you can do this with almost any movie, depending on when you're watching it, how it applies to the times that you're watching it in. Um, so yeah, I never way too young to make the comparison to the AIDS epidemic, but Mm. I can see like people watching it now being like, Oh, (laughs) this is, this is so relatable to me because of what's going on with COVID. Hmm.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I'm totally changing the subject now. Um, I did right away. I was like, Oh great. No women, no women in this whole film. You know what I mean? Um, so the feminist me. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe um, maybe Alien hadn't happened yet. So I Googled it. And Alien was like four years before with Sigourney Weaver. So yeah. I was like, eh, no excuse. They should have had some women in this. Uh, but then based on a book that probably the book was all men. So right. It wasn't it based on a book. So
0: a movie well. from the 50s. Okay. Okay. But to be fair, the voice of the computer was actually Adrian Barbeau. <laughs>
2: I read that.
0: So that's one woman, but I see what you're saying. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so dated, that computer stuff. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, what are they going to do? Like, play Pong? I mean, it's just like, (laughs) good Lord, was that bad. So, I mean, you know, it was just dated, but... Yeah, I did read that it was Adrian Barba. I was like, oh, I remember, her from you know, like the 70s, Fantasy Island, Lumbo. Sure. Oh, yeah. Quick
1: fun fact before we move on to the next movie, The Exorcist. So this movie's actually become part of the culture in Antarctica. And I guess there's a longstanding tradition in all the British... Antarctic research stations where they watch the thing as part of their midwinter feast. Every um, they have this midwinter feast celebration that's held every June 21st and they all watch it together.
0: Wow, huh? Uh, fun fact I have no desire ever to do research in Antarctica, <laughs> nor do I, nor do
2: I. No, no. All right,
0: no. should we move on to the the One of the bigger ones here, uh, The Exorcist, 1973. Carrie, what are your initial thoughts, overall um, thoughts and impressions?
2: This was the one. So I did cram. I have to admit, I crammed and like ended up watching almost everything in a week, which I shouldn't have done. You know, you gave me three weeks, like you said. And first I ordered the DVDs online from the library and I was like, okay, when they get here, I'll start watching, you know, and then I procrastinated. So I'm watching most of these all within a week's time uh you know around the time that our capital was was invaded and um you know so but then also when you know inauguration and a new president comes in so there was terrible things happening and there was some hope um so this one you've heard so much about the exorcist you know we've heard so much about it i knew there would be projectile vomiting i knew her head <laughs> i knew her head was going to spin around right um I knew about Captain Howdy. Yeah. Um, because of In Another Room, by the way. Yeah. Um, they talk about Captain Howdy and when we did the the play version of In another which I wouldn't have remembered, but I was in the play version of it, the immersive theater version, where I had to stand outside the door and listen while the scene that scene went on with the Ouija board. Oh. And she and that was such a creepy scene. It was. <laughs> Yeah. And she talked about Captain Howdy and how scary it was. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to this whole Captain Howdy thing. And then that scene happened. And I was like, that wasn't even that scary. Like, you know, the projectile vomiting. I was like, oh, I thought there was going to be more, you know, like, wait, that was the end. You know, like I thought it was going to be like this long stream of vomit. So I was disappointed again and again and again. You know, Captain Howdy wasn't that scary. The vomit wasn't that scary. The green, the green vomit, I was like, eh, come on. It wouldn't be that green. Um <laughs> you know, her makeup, the, I just I think her makeup and the green eyes and the fake voice, because I don't think that was her voice tweaked. I think they probably dubbed her voice when it, she was a demon. Do it was know?
0: yeah, it was a different actress. Yes. That's what I figured. That's what I
2: figured. So so many things Took me out of it. I'll, I'll go to my notes and say what I did like the, the, like the architecture and that scenery, like the first shot, this is supposed to be Georgetown. I'm guessing those exteriors are yeah. really Georgetown. I was like, I thought it was Europe at first. I was like, oh, this is in Europe. And then it said Georgetown. I was like, oh, I have to go visit there. Like that architecture is amazing. I thought the acting was really good. The priest, Jason Miller, is that yeah. his name? And his whole story of he, you know, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. He wrote that championship season. And I knew that I was like, I know things about him. He's Jason Patrick's father, um, the actor Jason Patrick.
0: Yes, uh, I mean, I we are familiar with Jason
2: Patrick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, so I thought he his performance was so compelling and the the whole pain of him and feeling guilty about his mother. And, I, you know, all that. Um, and Ellen Burstyn's always top-notch. Linda Blair is, you know, she's yeah. a little kid. But I wrote down here, poor Linda Blair. Like, I think you guys last time, uh-oh, time for people to take a drink. Last time I talked to you, um, <laughs> you said that she heard her back in doing...
0: She think- and Ellen Burstyn were both injured. Well, lots of people were injured apparently during the making of this movie. But yeah, um, she hurt her back. But then Ellen Burstyn at one point, I think, when she gets thrown into like uh, the dresser, like the set of dresser mm-hmm. drawers, she actually did hurt herself. And they kept filming. And then later, she was like yelling at the director, like, "I'm hurt, wow. you son of a bitch!" Wow. But,
2: Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the thing where she was flopping back and forth on the bed back and forth, I was like, Oh, that girl back problems. she's gonna be injured. Yeah, I felt really bad for her. And I wondered too, like when she had the mouth, because I was paying attention to when she said like sexual stuff. You know, I was like, did they have her mouth something else? Or did they have her say, Okay, now you're gonna say whatever, lick me or you know what I mean? Like, I wondered if, if if hopefully they toned it down for her and had her say different words that looked like saying the sexual things, but I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, probably didn't. Let's get to that. Let's get to yeah. that because there's okay. a, there we have a little bit about that we wanted to talk about. Okay. Um so remember that this came out in 73. So at the time, um there was a lot of controversy survi- surrounding this movie. Now, and that's the thing that makes me kind of sad about this cuz when I I remember like sneaking glances of this movie when it would be on TV when I was like little because it was so right. forbidden to watch. Like my mom right. was like it's too scary. And I, it would come on TV, and I'd, like, turn it on, and then my mom would come back in the room, and I'd, like, switch the channel really quick, you know? Mm, mm. Um, and then I remember seeing it again when I was in my early 20s and kind of being a little disappointed just because I felt like, of course, the special effects look dated and whatever, um, but let's pretend we're in 1973. Um, and it was it was a huge controversy. And the movie helped fuel the site, sa- the satanic panic that took place in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, uh-huh. Then you have a young child saying and doing all of these really adult things. This uh-huh. is kind of a two part question. Um, were you aware of the controversy surrounding the film? But also, what did you think? Of seeing a young girl going through these horrible transformation scenes and saying things like your mother sucks cock in hell or seeing her inserting a cross into her vagina. Did you find that disturbing or frightening or?
2: Oh, I didn't even see the cross in the vagina. I missed that. Um, I did not know about the controversy, but I just kept saying in my mind, I hope they gave her different words to mouth than the words that the script had. Um, and I noticed there was some stuff that they shot from behind, like, uh, when she was like, ride me or I want to ride. I don't know. She said something and it was like, they filmed that from behind. I'm like, okay, they probably just told her to bounce up and down and she didn't even have to mouth their words for that.
0: If it's any consolation, Blair did have a double who did a lot of the horrific physical work, including the crucifix fucking. So,
2: okay. I didn't even see that. I missed it. I don't know. Again, I'm watching it on a small screen and everything is so dark, you know, those like sixties and seventies movies, everything's so dark anyway, but it's hard to see on a smaller screen. But yeah, I was just like, but yeah, I hope they kind of kept her out of like table reads when all the real words were being said and all that. Um, I know the union now would, would protect the kids more, but, um, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was weird to have a kid doing all that stuff. But also my complaint, too, was that kids, evil kids can be so scary <laughs> Yep without without any makeup. You know, you think of The Shining, you think of those twins, how spooky they were like. I don't think they were wearing any makeup, you know, they put a little bit of circles under their eyes, but that's a terrifying image to this day that comes up again and again, those twins, you see that as a meme. Again, you see it with Bernie, with the new Bernie meme with the mittens, you know, you have them standing next to the twins and it's hilarious um, because they're so scary, but putting that green makeup on Linda Blair and those green eyes it was it. It just took me out of it. I'm, you know, it's like that's makeup. All of a sudden, she's this demon with this. You know, they could have made her scary without that makeup, and that was something that just I was like, eh, it wasn't necessary. Um, and also, the other little kid in in The Shining, you know, doing the Red Rum thing with his finger. Mm-hmm. You know, that's terrifying. Oh God! And so I think for me, this movie would have been scarier with just. You know, a kid that I really believed was evil, and you know, mm, I don't know.
0: Well, I think too. Like 1973, folks at the time hadn't seen a child that acting possessed or being possessed, and actually, um, well,
2: Billy Mummy in that Twilight Zone, wish him out into the cornfield.
0: Yeah, but not and the bad seed. I. We have plans to watch The Bad Seed. That's a movie I grew up with 100%. But in terms of demon possession and, like, the whole satanic panic, I guess mm-hmm. that, like, there were death death threats against Linda Blair from r- religious zealots when oh. the film came out because they believed that the film glorified Satan. So Warner oh. Warner Brothers actually did have bodyguards protecting her for, like, six months after the film wow. came out. Wow!
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Huh. Yeah, but she did. She did some of because, of course, they dubbed her voice with the the satanic voice. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um,
0: so she did some of the the actual lines herself. And I guess on the first day of filming the exorcism scene. Linda Blair's delivery, uh, her foul mouth dialogue, so disturbed, the gentlemanly, and I might add handsome till the end, uh, Max von Saito. He was oh, so right. taken aback, he actually forgot his lines.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. He was great. He was, I didn't think that was him. I was like, is that, as soon as I saw him at the beginning, I'm like, is that Max von Saito? I'm like, that's not him. That's him. No, that's not him. And I did that the whole time. And then I forgot about it. And I was looking up. The cast on imdb and i was like oh it was him he was great he yeah was so great you knew he was gonna die spoiler alert because he almost died at the beginning of the movie he's like he's gonna die right now right. <laughs> but i didn't i didn't get what made her possessed is there you know they find the little coin in her room that he found in iraq but i didn't understand how she got possessed was that a, it was was there some hint as to how that happened
0: well, this is supposedly based on a true story, oh, actually, about a boy that this oh. happened to, but i and not much is known about that situation because of the fact that he's he's known as Ronald Doe because no one they don't share his name, obviously, the guy's in hiding, yeah, um, but I always viewed it as like she was playing around trying to contact the other side with that Ouija board and you don't do those things yeah she she caught him through a Ouija board and he she thought it was like Captain Howdy like this fun little guy to talk to and it really it was this like horrible demon
2: oh that's right it was the Ouija board then yeah okay yeah got it
0: got it one of my favorite parts of the part of the movie that I do still get freaked out by is those uh subliminal flashes those shots that the younger priest gets um, of his of his mother or of a deep while he's thinking of his mother. And then he sees like the demon flash really quick. Uh-huh. Um, according to William Friedkin, those subliminal shots of the white face demon were actually rejected makeup tests for Reagan's possessed appearance.
2: Wow. Oh, Talk about using your
0: resources. Damn. <laughs> yeah.
2: Saving money, too. Geez, I'm all for that. Yeah. So this was the movie that really, after I watched it, I, again, everyone I talked to, like the thing, everyone I talked to was like, Oh my God, the exorcist. It's so scary. It's amazing. What a great film, blah, blah, blah. And I finished it and I was like, do I have a heart of stone? I was not frightened frightened at all. It was a well-made film, but I was not, it it didn't land. It didn't scare me. I didn't, I don't worry that I'm going to be possessed by the devil. You know, we played with a Ouija board as a kid and my mom got us one. And some of our neighbors weren't allowed to play with it. But yeah, I was just like, I was worried. I was like, I think I have a heart of stone. And so I sat with myself and I thought about it and I was like, no, no, no. Because at Christmas I watched the movie Jingle Jangle I <laughs> on Netflix and it was just, my heart just filled with the beauty of it. It was just so well done and Forrest Whitaker and that little girl. And it was just beautiful, beautiful film. And like my sister and my mom and I sat down to watch it. And then within 10 minutes, my mom picked up her iPad and I turned to her and I said, do you have a heart of stone? How can yeah. you not be enjoying this? You know? And, and so I was like, okay, no, I don't have a heart of stone because of Jingle Jangle. And then I panicked. I was like, well, maybe in that, you know, month since I watched Jingle Jangle, maybe in that month my heart turned to stone. You know, I was worried. And then I thought about it and I was like, because, you, you know, I'm quarantining by myself. I'm, you know, I'm by myself all the time in my house. And I was like, maybe in a month my heart turned to stone. And then thank God, do you know who saved me? Who? Oh. Barry Gibb, the illustrious <laughs> Barry Gibb of the BJs. God bless you, Barry. You saved my sense of self because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute he just released a new album of duets called Green. really Green. oh yeah i'm gonna give him a shout out Barry Gibb, i love you <laughs> you bring me joy he's a huge fan of our show yeah you should have him on and he, <laughs> um so he released this album of duets and it came out like last week or maybe the week before and i listened to it about a week ago and i was like you know, I'm am I'm skeptical because the Bee Gees are so glorious. They have such a special place in my heart. I've seen them and like screamed like those teenagers at the the Beatles concerts back and like just screamed and was so thrilled and exalted to see them. And so I was really skeptical that this thing with with duets with other people was going to work. And so I was like I've got to listen to it. I've got, you know, I don't want to hate on it until I've actually heard it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hate on it at all because it's Barry and I love him, but I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. And the album starts and I burst into tears. And yeah, about four on about four or five different songs. I just burst into tears because there's so much beauty. Barry's voice. He never has sounded better. Just some of the music, the opening notes and the lyrics. And, and that was just a week ago. And I was like, okay, thank God. I don't have a heart of stone, and I only know this because of Barry Gibb, and so I owe him so much, and oof, he saved my life. My sister-in-law just told me last night to watch the Bee Gees documentary, so it all comes full <laughs> circle. I want to see that. Yeah, she that's a good recommendation. I want to see it. and I have a friend who keeps asking me if I've watched it yet, and, um, and I was – procrastinating on watching these horror movies so I couldn't justify watching the Bee Gees documentary. Uh, you know what I mean? Like where you procrastinate doing everything because there's something you're supposed to do.
0: Oh, uh-huh. um, yeah.
2: So that's what I was doing. But now I'm, I'm set free. Now that I've, I've watched these films, I can go. Maybe I should do that tonight as well. Yeah, that might be a good palate cleanser, especially yeah. a chainsaw,
1: yeah. <laughs> which we're about to get to.
0: Yeah, which we're about to get to. Two things. First of all, Carrie, I will say that people who um, have like yourself, not seen The Exorcist until they were adults and way far removed from 1973 and that mindset. I've heard the reaction that you had. I've heard from other people, too. So oh, it's amen. not just you. Um, I do think it's important to mention that The Exorcist is the first horror film to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture.
2: Ooh! So there's that. It's got the chills. And then was the second one Get Out by Jordan Peele? Or have there been others in
1: between? Technically, the second one was Jaws, if you Mm. consider that. And then there's only been six horror movies ever nominated for uh, an Academy Award for Best Picture. It was um, The Exorcist, Jaws. um, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, which is the only one that has won. Get Out, The Sixth Sense, and Black Swan.
2: Oh right, Black Swan. We could do a whole episode about that, but I'll yes, just say we could. it did not land for me. It did not land I was like, I don't get it. Like people were laughing. I was like, is this a comedy? I don't get it. okay. Anyway.
0: All right, Sharon, what are we doing next?
2: All right. So this is the only movie that um we
1: actually talked about in our first horrific experiment episode. Um I wanted oh, with to your keep sister? it. My my sister in law she she watched this and her reaction was priceless so um can't wait to hear your reaction
2: Carrie thoughts on Texas Chainsaw Massacre go here's my here's my nonverbal <sighs> um there that was it um definitely creepy and suspenseful thank God you know again this is reaffirming that I don't have a heart of stone. Because I watched this after I right after I watched The Exorcist, I watched. Oh God! The, the next night, yeah. Because again, I I procrastinated and then I had to cram them all together. Um, <laughs> and you kept emailing me, Sharon, and saying, "Do you want more time? Do you want more time?" And I'm like, "No, I'll get it done." But I think I just needed that pressure of getting it done. Because if you'd given me another week, I would have. You know, uh, so anyway, anyway definitely creepy and suspenseful gruesome i expected it really isn't that bloody thank you thank yeah, you i expected blood everywhere all the time and i was like it, it it's more it was created with the bones and the shot of this and the creepy this but I really expected a lot more blood. And until the end, when she, spoiler alert, when she has the blood all over her, then you're like, oh, there's the blood. But, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> I expected more blood. Okay, have has anyone ever in the history of the world, I'm sure they have, I have not Googled this, the guy with, like, the, that they pick up, the hitchhiker. Uh-huh. Has anyone mentioned that he is an exact double of James Franco? Exact. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I never thought about that. He
2: kind of is, but I never thought of that either. I think James Franco has a career because he looks like this guy. And James ah. Franco, I think, is a very talented actor. He did have that creepy Me Too moment. Hopefully, he's gotten over that. He's very talented. But I was like, that's James Franco. That's <laughs> so funny. Google image. Google image that guy. And you're like, that's James Franco with dark, greasy hair and a wine stain on his face. Like, uh- <laughs> yeah good acting for him he was really good The the guy who played the brother in the wheelchair I thought he was the weakest link acting wise oh Franklin everyone hates Franklin yeah. yeah and I was like he's probably not really disabled hopefully they cast a disabled actor they probably didn't but um yeah he was the weakest link acting wise but um I I need to know from you was there a vocal coach on this or was her screaming dubbed the, the main girl so no that that was all her
1: and wow. um toby wow. hooper basically so that that final scene was shot over 24 they like filmed for almost like 24 hours straight if i think it was like 27 hours straight i can't wow. remember exactly but between um it being like a hundred In eight degrees Texas heat, being in this house with all these, like, bones and rotting flesh and just having these three characters, you know, basically torturing her. Like, these three actors who are around her, like, taunting her and torturing her and having her tied up, she was literally terrified and i think having like a panic attack so like all the fear the screaming like that was pretty realistic
2: wow but just an amazing feat mechanically wise it's hard to scream like i can do screaming sustain. i can do it safely and sustain it and all that but even that you get so caught up in the moment her voice must have just been a freaking wreck man like I don't know how she did the whole movie. She screamed and screamed and screamed. I was just like, whoa, I hope they she had a vocal coach or that they dubbed some of this. But wow. Oh, my God. Creepy. I, I was glad that there wasn't sexual stuff like when mm-hmm. they were taunting her. It was just all about like torture and murder. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, I was just like no. oh, thank God they're not going to rape her. You know, I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. There's that. Yeah. And here's something I'm convinced they purposely put her in white pants. (laughs) I I was like, man, you know, the other girl had on the cute little short shorts and, you know, and I was like, why is she wearing those pants? And then when they had it at night and she's running through the fields, I was like, oh, questions answered. So you can see her at night when she Uh was running. I'm almost positive that was like a conscious decision.
0: Mm -hmm. And then when
2: there's blood, then, you know, it shows up good on the white. So that was something you need that's stupid. I always think of things like that when I'm watching film as an actor and someone, you know, I always, not always, but a lot of times when I'm watching TV, I'll see a scene and I'll say, Oh, that was the audition scene. <laughs> and people will go, How do you know? And I'm like, Because that's the scene with the highest stakes and the highest emotion, and they have to prove to the casting director that they can pull it off. So that was the audition scene. Um, I didn't do that with this movie. But, um, yeah, I did think about the screaming and the pants. I was like, that was a conscious decision.
0: I just think practically, I'm like, why would anyone? I, I personally would never wear white pants. I never do, just because right. I'm like, they'd be dirty in five seconds.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I appreciate you you saying that there was not a lot of blood, because <laughs> when we did this experiment before, and um, Mindy had only seen this movie once, so she rewatched it. And then my sister-in-law saw it, and I... You know, you hear Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you think it's going to be a bloodbath, like you said. And mm-hmm. I told them, I'm like, there's really not that much blood in the movie. It's a lot of psychological. Like, you don't see the hook going through her back when they mm-hmm. hang her on the meat hook. You yeah. don't see a lot of the the actual, like, violence. A lot. It's just psychological. Mm-hmm. And when we the three of us came back together to discuss it, Mindy and my sister-in-law were both like, bullshit that was horrible they they were so mad at me carrie they're oh, like they're, they're like dead. why the fuck did you make
0: me watch this movie blah 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 well no what your sister-in-law <laughs> said was what is wrong with you
2: uh, well this one i did consider not finishing i was like fuck it i don't have to there's no law they're not gonna arrest me if i don't finish this and in fact,
0: <laughs> you don't I know watched that
2: this one over two, two, two sittings I just remembered that um, about, yeah, like 40 minutes in, 45 minutes in. I was like, eh, you know, maybe I should take a break. And then my friend Honey called me. Um, my phone rang like at 50, 55 minutes in. And I was like, Honey, you saved me. You saved my life. And she's like, what? And I said, I'm watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I need a break. And... Um, and she's done a lot of horror films and she, um, she told me a story. I told her about the challenge and she was one of the ones who said the exorcist was so good. And, um, she told me a story about William Friedkin and she met him once and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, this one, it was hard to watch and, and there wasn't that blood. It was just effed up. And my 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 final reaction for every movie, we should go back at the end and maybe go through my final reactions. My final reaction for this one was, thank God it's over. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like, I'm done. No, no were more. you
1: glad that that she survived were you like what what were you like relieved what was
2: your I was watching it and I I recently learned the term final girl I never knew what that was oh yeah and so I was watching it and I go oh she's the final girl so I expected her and also I had at some point I think when I was trying to figure out if I because I found this on Vimeo it was on Vimeo for free oh nice. and yeah and so I when I started the film I'm like well wait am I watching the right one and like I had to google stuff And her, whatever her name was, the actress, it said that she appeared in one of the, one or two of the other movies, the other chain, maybe as an homage to her. They brought her character back at some point in something. And so I knew she lived. So I kind of knew that it was spoiled for me. But Leatherface was scary. That was Mm -hmm. creepy, creepy, creepy. Um, That sound he made, that like pick sound, super creepy. Yeah, this is not for (laughs) me. It's intense. And the poor black truck driver, the truck driver who went to help her. And I was like, is that a commentary? Like, he goes to help her and then it's just like, see ya. You know, like, leaving you with the guy with the chainsaw. Uh, (laughs) Although he, I think he lives. He gets
1: away, I'm sure. Hopefully. Yeah.
2: Hopefully. My God, I don't understand why he didn't start the truck, but maybe he just yeah i'm, I'm hoping he just got back in his
1: truck and and ran off because the, well the hitchhiker died and then leatherface you know he cut his leg open with the chainsaw he probably wasn't yeah. able to like walk around much after that i'm hoping the yeah. truck driver just hop back in his cab and hauled ass he was
2: running the other direction he was running away in the other direction but he had time to start it. i was like why doesn't he start the truck i think maybe it didn't start or something and i don't they know both went out the other door but um yeah scary thank you
0: no more i'm done <laughs> i'm done for the record while this conversation was happening i did do a quick google and there is a meme out there with a picture of the hitchhiker that says james franco question <laughs> mark
2: you. can you send yeah. that to yeah. us can you
1: email that to us right now because i need to
2: see that yeah but uh, Put it on the link on your thing. It looked just like him. It was weird. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So, what would
1: you say is your favorite movie out of the five that we had you watch, and what is your least favorite?
2: <sighs> my least favorite was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> fine.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Sharon. I kind of Sharon. expected that. Yeah. I
2: kind of expected that. That's fine. I think I think the Haunting was the one I liked the best. I dug it. Yeah. It was-
0: That's yeah, my favorite. The-
2: don't mm-hmm. rub it in, Mindy. I'm not. I didn't give you my exorcist uh, final thought. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Let's hear it. Here's here's what I wrote. Eh. E-H. Eh. I wasn't even, a, I didn't even bother putting the M in front to make it meh. It was just eh. <laughs> no. Very disappointed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, the film part of it, the eh, cinematography, blah, blah, blah. That was all great, but eh, it didn't land.
1: Yeah, I think we're a little spoiled in that we watched a lot of these when we were really young. So everything right. was terrifying. Um sure. and it, you know, they kind of had a special place in our hearts. And I'm I'm kinda glad that I watched them so young because I I like being in the, the category that really enjoys these films and can rewatch them. And um yeah, I, I, I feel bad for people who or just watching them and like, this sucks and can't get scared by it.
2: Yeah. I just was like, okay, if I'd watch this back in the day, yeah, it would have as a kid, if I'd watch any of these as a kid, they all would have, well, the Texas one would have ruined me. I don't think I would have, Oh God. (laughs) But you know, if I'd watched them back in the day, yeah, they would have scared me if I watched them on a big screen. Yeah. They would have scared me as a kid, you know, I would have been terrified by all of these, but um it, again, I'm watching on a laptop. I'm older now. I knew this was a challenge and that, you know, I couldn't just sit back and watch these films and in, try to enjoy them. I had to think about things to say for this challenge. So that took me out of it as well. Yeah. So, um, so you guys ruined it for me. I blame you. Just kidding. <laughs> Damn, you Damn you. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just glad I don't have a heart of stone and thank you for, <laughs> thank you for that lesson. So the last time we spoke to you, you said that you were whore curious.
1: Would you say now yep. that you're more whore curiouser?
2: <laughs> mm, more curiouser. There, there was a movie that this made me think that I wanted to watch. I was like, oh, you know, I should see that. And I can't remember what it was. Darn it. Um, I would say I'm no more curiouser than um, than I was. Yeah, it, it, it might even make me more disinclined to watch older horror <laughs> that, stuff, You know, and I'm like, eh, it's probably not going to land. So, I was
1: just going to say, or did we have the total opposite effect and yeah. make you never want to watch another horror movie ever again? <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, new ones I would watch, but like I told you that I watched that Invisible Man and it didn't land with me. Yeah. Uh, and the Jarmusch one didn't either. That was, I think, more of a comedy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. But get out is good. I like to get out. All right. Again, bias because I was in the music video. But <laughs> try
1: try Midsummer. Have you seen Midsummer? Hereditary. What was the other one? Hereditary or Midsummer? They're both made by Ari Aster. I've heard of
2: Midsummer, and I'm very curious about it. It's not in English, right? Is it Scandinavian?
0: No, it's in English.
2: Oh, is it? Oh, okay. yeah. It's filmed in, um, I think, it Sweden?
0: Yeah, it looks like a Scandinavian film, but it's it's not.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know it was in English. Yeah, I would like to see that one.
0: I would also recommend uh, Ty West, his films, specifically The Innkeepers and House of the Devil. Um, oh. He is a modern filmmaker, but especially with House of the Devil, he makes it look like it's a 70s or 80s movie, and it's set, I think, what, like in the early 80s, Sharon? Yeah. But he knows how to do suspense, kind of like The Haunting does, where it's like sometimes you're not seeing anything and you're still scared shitless. (laughs) And and that, and then the film The Innkeepers, those are two of my, I'd say, favorite modern scary movies. They're up there on the list for me. Wow. And those are good.
1: Uh, Well, if you need any more recommendations, you know who to come to or maybe you know who not to come to
2: (laughs) right yeah i'm intrigued intrigued about midsummer all right true
1: if you watch that let us know but yes take take at least a few
2: weeks off give yourself some watch some comedies tonight's the bg documentary i'm gonna just cry and say i don't have a heart of stone (laughs) thank you thank you well
1: thank thank you you for doing this experiment with us
2: yeah. I, we, we hope it was fun it was interesting and <laughs> life, life lessons learned don't procrastinate
0: that's a big one
1: don't binge five horror movies in one week and if you live in LA
2: get your library card for the LA County Library
0: and if you ever go on a weird road trip in a dusty out in the middle of nowhere countryside don't wear white pants
2: right well, it maybe do wear them because that means you'll be the final girl and you're, you'll be the one that survived. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank once you.
1: Again, once again, can you tell us um, about your new podcast and when it will be available and where people can listen to it?
2: Oh, gosh. So, yes. So, it's called In the Gloom. I have a new podcast coming out, a horror fiction narrative podcast. Um, I think it's – I haven't talked to the director recently, but I think March is, is like the – a hopeful date but it's again produced by violet hour media and um it'll be on their platform it'll be on stitcher and apple and all the anywhere you get your podcasts yeah it's creepy creepy i play a psychiatrist all right. Well, when that comes out, we will
1: post about it. Um, right. all of our thank listeners you. know. Um, but yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, your sanity. Ge- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your your generosity of. in, in um, you know, um, a, a, I'm trying to think of the word, not appeasing, but uh, <laughs>
2: pl- placating us, I yes. guess. Placating you. Got it, got it. No, thanks for thinking of me. That was fun. It was great to hear from you. So,
1: Thank you all for listening to us. As always, you can write to us at whorrestalkhorror at gmail.com with anything you want to share with us. If you have any episode ideas you want us to cover, let us know. We have some new topics coming up. We're going to be doing an oldies but goodies episode where we're going to discuss classic horror slash thriller slash drama slash Film noirs, <laughs> um, kind of, a yeah, movies that fall into um, a few of those categories. We also have an episode where we are going to be discussing outdated mental health treatments. That will be coming out soon, so look for that. We're working on an Oscar episode, too, but this is going to be a horror movie edition, and we are actually going to give you, the listeners, an opportunity to vote on your favorite uh, horror, best pictures, directors, actors, and actresses from 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can also share your ghost stories with us, your personal ghost stories, or any true crime stories, creepy stories, UFO stories, whatever
0: you would like us to read on our show. As always, please subscribe to us and rate and review our show. It truly helps us get more exposure, so we really, really appreciate it. Uh, If you are able to, please join our Patreon. If you want to have early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and just maybe get some cool shit. Please be kind to each other out there. Stay safe. Be safe. And as always, thanks thanks for for getting creepy creepy with us. us.
1: Sharon, do you want a beer?
0: Uh.
2: Oh, my God.